This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Jonathan Ants is a freelance journalist who has held various positions on a variety of publications. He has won awards for hard news journalism, feature writing, and creative writing. He is a regular contributor to Limud, where you may have heard him, and he has written five books, the last one being Menches in the Trenches. Jonathan is my guest now to talk about what we have actually been talking about in the show over the last few months. Jonathan, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for talking about Menches. <laughs> Jonathan, it's lovely to have you as the concluding speaker on the series that I've been running. Um, I remember asking you after you written wrote the book, oh, do you have a favorite? And being a little bit grumpy when you said you didn't. But now I completely understand that it's extremely hard to kind of choose one. They're so different. What did you enjoy about the process? I, I enjoyed, uh, there was a lot of things. Um, the, I suppose I enjoyed really meeting all these various people who actually were brave who have gone unacknowledged largely, but um, who played such an important role in bringing us to democracy. And it was it, it was th- really wonderful to meet them, um, getting to know what they did, getting to know a piece of history or pieces of history that's, I wouldn't say hidden, but it's just not known. And um, glimpsing lives of people who did very brave things, um, and and throughout, you know, it, it was actually um, very wide ranging. So from the early nineteen hundreds to to the nineteen nineties, and that gave me quite a wide view of South Africa's own history. So from people who got involved before apartheid or at the start of apartheid and, and were there at the death of apartheid um, was really interesting. And, and so it I, they allowed me into their lives. Um, and I found that a, re- a real privilege. Jonathan, you talk about before and after and during. Obviously, um, some people did more in the book. Some people we may have heard of, we may know, and some people did relatively little but everybody did what they could and it's hard to kind of quantify the effect of each person's contribution and I think that's what's so lovely about the book is that ordinary people did extraordinary things to make a difference but how do you balance those who did more with those who did less? Well I I don't think I I was looking for you know like a kind of hierarchy of, of people I just wanted to to tell the stories of people who, who who were courageous and did something. And I think all of those people, whether they, they acknowledge it or not, they put themselves at risk. Um, and, they, and, 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 and it was a very difficult time. And I think we forget about how difficult it, it was. You know, the, the security police um, were, were frightening. People risked their jobs, lost their jobs. People were detained. Um, you know, it, 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 not only uh, putting themselves risk uh, with the authorities, but putting themselves risk with their families, alienating themselves from their families, from the community, you know, because they wanted to do what was right. So, you know, 
people do diff different things and are called on to do different things at different times in history. And um, but all of these people, without any thought to 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 the consequences, actually stood up and and they said, no, this is not right, and uh, I don't want to be part of it, and I'm going to do what I can do to to object to to show that I'm not in favor of this. And so they're all remarkable, um, and I, I, it, it gave me a lot of uh, sort of inspiration and optimism just to see how so many people, and people we don't know about, just were brave and did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. Um, Jonathan, you talk about so many we don't know about. The last interview I did, the one last week, was with Alan Swerdler, and I did two with Alan Swerdler. The first one was about King Kong, and the second one was specifically about Barney Simon. And as he was talking about Barney Simon, and so he said, and mm, another mint, and mm, another mint. And the truth is, there are many, many, many. And um, the book was produced by the Jewish Board of Deputies, and I remember the conversations that we had right at the beginning about who gets in. And who gets left out? And these are very difficult decisions. And at, at some point, was it like random or what ultimately motivated those that got in to get it? Oh, it's, it's, it's really been a, a source of contention, you know, post the, the book coming out because I've been, you know, most most of them except one have been in, in, in I suppose, in, in, in good spirit. But a lot of people have, uh, have, um, Kind of sent me messages and emails, you know, saying you left out my aunt, you left out my sister, you left out my father. Uh, one person kind of got really upset because her husband had been left out, although he had been actually acknowledged in the book. And um, she confronted me in in quite an aggressive way, which I was quite taken aback about. Um, but I, I suppose it. it um, so, so th th there wasn't a, a kind of a conspiracy of who to choose and 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 who got included and, and who got uh, left out, but I, I wanted it, it to be a wide range of people, um, and I didn't want it to be a telephone book. I mean, that was quite in those conversations that that was quite strong, is that we, we just didn't want to have lists of names because then they 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 you know it's, it's not a role of honor in that sense. It's just it's trying to understand what motivated people, and in order to do that, you 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 have to tell stories about the people, and you have to um, kind of uh, uh, have some space to interrogate what they did, to to think about it, to to write about it, to flesh it out, and so it needed to be a little bit in depth. Um, and for this reason, um, we, we we just couldn't include all the people, and and I wish we could. Um, but as you say, there were so many people who, who were involved. And, and, and so I'd like to see it as a start of something, as a start of a conversation about talking about people who did do amazing work. And also, uh, you know, a start of a conversation about what we can still do, the amazing work that needs to be done. Um, so, so my idea was that it, it, it should be sort of relatively themed in the sense that we would have the people at the start, the trailblazers who got really involved from the beginning um, and, and put their lives on the line, um, the trade unionists, the journalists, and working all the way up to the, the people who got involved uh, towards the end of apartheid, the, the conscientious objectors, 
um, in the 1980s and the, the students who got involved just before um, Mandela was released. And um, so it's a wide spectrum of, 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 of people who are involved. Um, but of course, we're always going to leave out people. Um, and, um, you know, no, no amount of explaining seems to, seems to help. You talk about a wide spectrum of people, and this is what really makes the book so so dynamic. But also, what I found talking to some some were talking about their parents who who led the way, and who actually themselves were the original mention mention in the book. You know, people referred to my dad. This he was a lawyer. He was always had people in his home, and therefore I became conscientized quite early. Um, and, and others who who felt like they were going against the trend. So there's nothing really, I think, that I could find that united all those that acted courageously. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if they... I, I think what united them, in a way, is is is, is their Jewish identity. Um, so, so that was a common thread. And I did w- try to explore that. You know, what was it about their being Jewish, that influenced them to get involved. And I think even for the people who who, who weren't religious or who, who didn't really see themselves as kind of part of the mainstream Jewish community, um, there was something about their Jewish identity that influenced them. I, I think that is quite clear, whether it was the the... The, the history of persecution, whether it was Jewish values, whether it was, you know, the, the, the Holocaust. I think there was a, a lot of people who grew up in the shadow of the Holocaust. And for them, there was an absolute need to get involved. So I think, you know, they're they, they, a wide range of people from all sorts of, you know, rich people, poor people, um, in, you know, communists, liberals, and everybody in between. Um, but I think the one I, I, I common identity is that, is that they were all Jewish, and uh, um, and, and that was the the, the the thread. Jonathan, the other thing that struck me about the book is you were able to weave much of your own story into it. You know, I, I think like you, some of them I knew, some of them I, I, I hadn't even heard of, quite honestly, um, unlike you. Um, so uh, bringing your own personal story in, you managed to weave it through at a personal level. Was it therapeutic for you as well? I, I think so. I, th- I think the one story that I really enjoyed writing about was was Solly Sachs, the father of LB Sachs, um, and the connection to to my family. And I've, I've you know, uh, also, you know, it just, it, it allowed me to, to speak to my own father about his father. Um, and, and that connection was very strong for me. But, you know, all of the, actually, in, in some way, all of the people that I spoke to, um, was a journey my you know I went on my own journey so the the conscientious objectors in the 1980s I remember being faced with that uh, uh, kind of horror of of going into the SADF and so that was quite real to me Um, the 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 Levy brothers 
they were I found out afterwards when I went to go and speak to to to, to um uh Leon um that their sister happened to be friends with my mother which I I didn't know about but it was only afterwards um and all these different connections I I I it made it a personal uh uh sort of journey for me um and I was really I suppose that was another aspect of the book that I really enjoyed, that it was a it, it felt personal. Um, it felt personal, Jonathan, and um the stories you weave really do come to, to life. Sadly, a number of the people you interviewed passed away after the book. Um and I spoke to some of their children, and it was so, so moving and so kind of rewarding that that history was brought in. The stories people create in the times they tell, and what, a more recent person I spoke to was Benjamin Pogren. And when you consider the times that these things were happening in, it just seemed like an almost everything was a lot more intense than things were today. And the stories they tell seem larger than life. And I think you managed to capture some of that, the fear, the excitement, the dread, the, the suffering, the, the the lack of trust that people had for each other. And I don't know if you want to comment on that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we forget um, at how terrible and how dark those days were. And that standing up actually took a, a sense of courage um, or took courage to do. And um, so I, I, I did want to capture the moment. I, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily say it was exciting. Um, I mean, maybe it was exciting in retrospect, but but they, but 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 you know, there, there, there was fear. The, you know, the, the dread of the security police coming knocking at the door, um, people be, going to jail. Um, Norman Levy, one of the people who died, spent three years in, in prison. Um, he's twin brother was one of the first people to be detained um, under the, you know, the, the, those detention laws, the 180-day detention laws. They, you know, a lot of them were tortured. They were banned. They, they, they I mean, Norman wasn't allowed to work. It was terrible times. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, but despite that, they stood up. And were count, you know, and and made their voice count. So I th I think um, I, I wanted to convey th th that th that this was uh, something extraordinary that they did, um, and that that it, you know, they were brave. They were all brave, and I think many of them still suffer the consequences of their action in terms of emotional um, emotional stress. I think I don't think anyone regrets what they did, but I think many of them took a lot of psychological strain, and even that came through in some of the um, some of the interviews as well. That that it was very traumatic, and certainly I wouldn't want to underplay that at all. Jonathan, are you thinking of a Menches in the Trenches part two? Oh, I'd love to do that, and maybe all the people who didn't get in can um, we can we can have a sequel. Yeah, definitely. Jonathan, I, I must tell you, I've enjoyed your book. I've read it a couple of times now because um, it was a great reference for in preparation for my interviews. So thank you very much, and um, yeah, well done. Well, thank you very much. That was Jonathan Answer. 
the author of the book, Ventures in the Trenches, and he wraps up that kind of two-month series where I've had a wonderful opportunity to talk to some of them.